Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast is brought to you by Becker Furniture World, Franzen Bank and Trust, Menards, and Carrier. Now, three, two, one. And welcome back to another edition of the Star Tribune's Talking Preps. I'm Jim Paulson with my colleague David Levake. David, we've got uh, some business to talk about. Less about um, goings on on the field of play and more about what's happening behind the scenes. Um, yeah, we had a pretty active Tuesday, didn't we? <laughs> or was it Wednesday? Yeah, we had two, uh, Wednesday. Two, uh, two big stories to deal with right now. You uh, talk about the uh, state of Michigan. Looks like they'll be resuming football after initially moving football to the spring um, by as governor's decree, if I'm not mistaken. And that is uh, that has a lot of people curious about could that should that happen here, and then also the state high school league is facing massive budget uh, shortfall um, because of their funding model. It sent out some pretty massive bills to most of the school, uh, most of the schools that are members, and so we can talk about uh, both of those issues today. Dave, what would you like to talk about first? Oh. I mean, football's probably got the, the lesser amount of, of content, so maybe we'll start with that, huh? With football? On the field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So you wrote um, on our blog post or our blog yesterday about, uh, about Michigan um, resuming football this fall after initially moving into the spring. Um, and what kind of responses have you got locally? Or what type of responses that got locally in terms of people you know, thinking, hey, if, if they can do it, we can do it? Well, yeah, I'll answer that, but I'll start with giving a little bit more background. So the impetus for writing the blog was, was kind of threefold. Um, one, you have the Big Ten schools at the collegiate level starting to look and say, hey, did we, did we close things down in error here? Is it worth taking a look at, at putting college football back into play? And that, of course, is a, a pretty major topic that the people are tuned into. Secondly, um, the Minnesota Football Coaches Association at the high school level, they had done a survey of about 300 of their coaches and those results, I wanted to find some way to get that information in the paper uh, or on a blog uh, to reflect what the coaches were thinking about whether or not how much they wanted to return to fall. And then also what they thought of the uh, the safety of their students and their assistant coaches and themselves if, if they were to return. So I wanted to get that information out there. And then the third part was, as you pointed out, Michigan has reversed course. They were initially going to postpone football until the spring of 2021. Uh, they decided that they are going to go for it in the fall. It was not really by governor's decree. The governor did have to sign off, but did so uh, with her fingers crossed, basically, and saying that you know, you should still adhere to the, the, the state's health department guidelines. And, and the state health health department was pretty much of the mindset, no, you probably shouldn't do this, but they're, they're going to go for it and, and see what happens. And then uh, Colorado was was thinking of, of doing likewise. And so I thought, well, now you've got all the pieces in place. I emailed the league to see if they had any comment. And Bob Madison, one of the associate directors, uh, he's the one that oversees football. He responded and says, you know, we're very aware of what happened with Michigan and it's something we've talked about internally, but it's not something that he felt would, you know, move the goalposts pun intended in Minnesota when it came to 
reversing course and putting football in the fall. So that, uh, I think what you ultimately, you know, there's people that are saying, yes, let's make it happen. And, and, you know, they're, they're saying, well, the, the, the island that Minnesota's on is shrinking. Maybe, maybe we should get off that island and maybe we should, you know, go for it with, with football in the fall. You know, there are some, uh, so many thoughts going through my head on this. Number one, um, a lot of the people that have uh, came out and complained or protested, uh, it makes me wonder, is this pretty much self-serving? You know, people that, uh, that don't want to believe something or are getting something that, hearing something they don't want to believe or they don't want to abide by, and so they're yelling and screaming and complaining. Um, when they first, high school league first came out and moved it to spring, everybody was giving the party line that we understand it's a tough job and we'd like to play, but we understand what they're trying to do. That narrative is trying to change a little bit and people are, have changed their minds and changed their tunes. In the Big Ten, Nebraska were the first set of whiners, obviously, and I will call them whiners because they came off as being whiny crybabies. Um, and, uh, you know, Ohio State the same way. And when you see other conferences also going about and having football, although you're also seeing all these other conferences in the schools having um, large increases in positive testing on their campuses. I mean, the University of Wisconsin, which is Big Ten, and that's not even playing, is, is, is moving all of their um, students to, off campus and, and all virtual because of a, an outbreak of, of positive COVID tests. So in, in some regards, I'm wondering if this is just one of those situations that's kind of the, the ball is rolling, rolling downhill, it's gaining momentum, and and people are jumping on thinking they might get football back. However, when you did say, and I read it, that 70% of the coaches were in favor of playing football in the fall and 80% believed they had uh, prepared to implement the safety measures, it does make you wonder, does the high school league really take into account the feelings and opinions of, uh, of their member schools? Or even though they, they say that they're a member-driven organization, it seems like they didn't pay much attention to their members in this regard. Well, that's a good point. And if you want to be critical of the league, not you personally, but if, if you're a person that wants to be critical of the league, those are easy things to point to and say, well, you know, what the hell? But, you know, I, I would imagine if you, you know, brought this out into the real world, there'd be a lot of small business owners that said, hey, I've got a shop that I can easily control how many people come in and I can make sure the cleaning standards are, are maintained a whole heck of a lot better than your local Walmart or Target or, or Home Depot or Lowe's or all those massive big box stores. Why can't I open my, uh, you know, bakery on Main Street in a small town? And, and so you, why, why wasn't the, the state listening to small business owners, much like why wasn't the league listening to, to, to coaches who feel like, you know what, we're on the, we're on the pulse. We, we know what we can accomplish. And whether you're a small business owner or a coach, you don't want to put anybody in harm's way, whether it's your customers, whether it's your student athletes. So could you have maybe given the opportunity to get started? Uh, maybe, maybe, but then, you know, here come the lawsuits if you're wrong. Yeah. The last thing the high school wants is for uh, somebody to have a se severe health problems or heaven forbid pass away um, because of the COVID virus that was contracted through some sort of high school league activity. Uh, I think that's the number one fear is some sort of liability. Yeah. But so. 
that, that liability is, is there as well for soccer or tennis or swimming or, or cross country. If something would happen in the field of play or something like contracted during a competition, um, right. they would be facing that as well. So um, with the football issue, I, I, I'm kind of torn. Part of me thinks it's just a bunch of petulant people that don't want to be here, don't want to hear no. And they continue to want to be to want to play. It's kind of a, something that happens these days. Nobody wants to be told no or told that they're wrong. On the other hand, if the evidence is growing and mounting, that not only did the high school league not listen to their uh, constituents, their their members, but they may have made the wrong decision here, and it's starting to be uh, borne out. I do think it's uh, an issue worth revisiting. However, in Minnesota, as you found out with the weather in the past few days. You got to make that decision now because, you know, I mean, we've written something about, you know, Thanksgiving or even in early January, schools aren't going to be able to do much football um, after, you know, mid-November because the weather is just awful for that. I don't know what they could do. And if you're talking about indoor competition or indoor practices, well, you're also sharing gyms with basketball and, you know, um, wrestlers and what have you with the winter sports so uh if, if they're going to reconsider they better do it on the double yeah yeah and, and no indications are that they're going to reconsider but but the whole topic is fascinating you know given all of the elements we listed from the top uh, all the all the things that are happening and all the discussions being had and and how people's opinions and it's it's an ongoing interesting uh topic for sure isn't it interesting that uh for so long, the topic of conversation when it was health with football players was largely concussion related. Yeah. And a little about that in recent weeks and recently, you know, because no one's, people are forgetting about that aspect. And uh, the pro football contingent is loud and vocal right now. And you know, I'm a, I'm a football lover myself, but I'm amazed at, at uh, you seeing what would happen should football be taken away from people. If when you take football away, for this, and there's a lot of people out there that uh, are anti-football and would love to see the sport uh, de-emphasized or even removed. I think you're seeing that, that you would have an incredible backlash because it still does garner an awful lot of support with the general public. Most definitely. So anyway, did you get any, any, uh, any opinion or do you have any opinion on, on should they or shouldn't they? I'm put, put football together in the fall. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, as someone that's, that's trying to, you know, not have an emotional stake in this. I, I just, I'll, I'll keep my uh, big nose out of it <laughs> as far as my opinion. <laughs> you know, and if they, if, if they come back, we'll be there. And if, if they don't, then we'll, we'll write about them in March. I talked to one um, athletic director who is convinced was throwing out, uh, even throwing out a conspiracy theory that high school in, doesn't want to lose out on having a tournament and that moving football to the spring will allow them to have a state tournament at that time. Um, I don't think the high school league is that shrewd and clever to do that because I don't think they would predict it at all, but uh, uh, it does open up for an awful lot of speculation and an awful lot of uh, um, conjecture when there's really no proof of it. But when you cancel things and people look at saying who's going to benefit from this and there's people that are going to believe that as well. So it's it's opened up some avenues that I don't think anybody intended and got people in a situation where they're really not trusting the league at all. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the league. Yes. Uh, the story today, the State High School League 
um, in trying to uh, make up for a, a, a projected, a significant projected uh, revenue shortfall, is uh, trying to move their um, um, revenue model away from state tournament based to um, put it on the backs of the schools, the member schools. And they've been trying to do this for a long time. I mean, this is, this is, this is something they've talked about even before COVID came along. But the COVID situation has you know, exacerbated this and made it far more pressing. Um, and they, they're putting some pretty massive bills back on the schools. Somewhere in schools, in some cases, are going to be charged 300% more than they did last, and they're charged last year for high school league uh, uh, membership. Um, your, your thoughts on that? Well, it's like you said, it's it's been coming down the pike for a while. I think it was going back to 2000, I hope my years are right, 2015 was the first time that the league could not uh, refund some money back to schools uh, who were state tournament participants. Usually they take the surplus at the end of the year and they, they give it back to the member schools based on a, a formula that said how many tournaments or state tournaments were you in? How far did you have to drive? Those kind of things. But you got a little something, and you know, usually it's it's it took care of maybe. Uh, I remember one AD saying, "Hey, that that just paid for our buses," you know. So it certainly helped to have it. Well, then they they couldn't return funds to schools. Um, I think this was right about the time that the prep bowl had moved outside for two years to TCF Bank Stadium, mm. and I remember. The, the rallying cry at one of the uh, board meetings at that time was, well, hey, this didn't go so well, this outdoor stuff, but U.S. Bank Stadium's right around the corner. It's rent-free. That's going to make everything right. And for a year, it did, but it didn't last. And I think that that's part of what the situation here is. Yes, there's coronavirus, and that's a major, major factor. There was also a lack of vision by the high school league that put them in a bad spot that coronavirus only made worse. A comfort level that the high school with its situation had with its situation that you knew was looming out there, but all it took was the, was the spark provided by COVID to basically turn a potential problem into a raging inferno here. And yeah. that's what they're facing right now. I don't blame the high school for trying to uh, transfer their funding model from state tournament based to the schools because on state tournaments, it's just not sustainable, at least not at this point with um, uh, social media aspects, with television, with all those things, the state tournament revenues are not quite what they were. And you've seen attendance drop in some state tournaments as well. In addition, as classes have been added, some state tournaments have seemed less um, compelling than others. And let's not forget the venues. The venues, they're, they're not giving those away. You know, the, except, for, except for U.S. Bank, you're absolutely right. And the, and okay, the yeah. Has, uh, has, has increased its rent significantly. Right. When um, Norwood Teague came in as an athletic director, who was you know, dismissed. Or actually, I think he resigned. Um, he looked at the university's facilities and thought, hey, these are revenue makers. They're money makers. And we can't wait. Be giving them away, and they went from U of M to ATM. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this: I'll say this too, uh, and and this is, you know, the high school league is coming from, I, I believe, a pretty noble place by trying to 
have more classes by trying to have full consolation brackets by trying to have these events at these tremendous facilities the problem that they're getting into that is that you you can't keep saying yes to everybody you know because some, eventually you 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 know you have to as much as you want to be pro student athlete and pro experience you have to be realistic about the financial side this is still a business decision you have to make i think that that is becoming more clear now and and you saw that in in the uh the money that they're asking for schools there's a tremendous amount of sticker shock going out around there uh, around the state right now um you know maybe five years from now it'll it'll all settle down and, and that's just cost of doing business but but yeah right now to to try to get the books right and, and to try to um, put yourself in a better place moving forward if you're the league um yeah this this required a pretty major jarring shift right now yeah i mean there's some schools like uh st croix lutheran i think we, we wrote about their entire bill for the 2019-20 school year to the high school league was right around 2750 2760 dollars this year the high school league is is putting them on the hook for more than 11,000. Now I know that a lot of these athletic directors and a lot of these schools understood that they knew some increase was coming down the pike right. when they had been about that prior to the COVID issue. Um, but like the, the guy at uh, Todd Russ, the president at St. Croix Lutheran said, he, well, I mean, he said, we had budgeted maybe 1,500, 2,000 for this. Now we're talking about an extra you know, $9,000 you have to, have to, uh, have to pay. And, the school's budgets being challenged right now. They're being stretched pretty thin. And some schools aren't athletics and those sorts of things are not money makers. How do you tell your constituents, your your um, parents, that suddenly we need more money from you to be able to play sports? Um, and that's because of the high school league. and or to your school board. How can you get them to to allocate more funding when school boards? are loath to increase funding or increase um, taxes or what have you. And it's, it's just ridiculous that this will come down all at once. I don't think the high school league, and then they did it out of need. They weren't, didn't, would prefer not to do it, but I don't think the high school league, I can't say they handled this the right way. It kind of came out as uh, a shocking um, number that they're handing schools. And like you said, sticker shock. And a lot of schools are, uh, I don't blame them for thinking, uh, deep breath and you know, how are we going to handle this? But like you said, I agree with you. The high school league is in a situation where they, they really can't do anything else. They had a $9 million budget last year. It's, they projected $5 million this year, uh, and largely due to no state tournament projections. But that also includes with no state tournament revenue. There's also no state tournament expenses as well. So it, the, the, there's that. Um, but I, I'm, this is one of those situations where I, I'm not exactly sure how you resolve this. I don't know what, schools recourses can they challenge can they ask for uh and uh, longer uh, period of time to make these payments can they say no and if they say no what do they do what does the high school league do if these schools don't pay um it, it's, it's a whole lot of questions that need to be asked here yeah so, and all those things it'll be it'll be interesting how they play out i, I want to reference quickly an article that i wrote back in 2010 i don't know if you remember this but this is when uh there were schools that were struggling to um fill their schedule uh and this was eden prairie at the time oh, yeah, they went to canada at that time why is that all oh, right well but if you remember that some schools 
uh, said, we're saying, yeah, we'll play with you, but it's, you're going to have to pay us. Um, and I, it's a, you know, for example, uh, you know, Chan Hassan, uh, you know, wanted to get five, I wanted $5,000 from, from Edina to, to have a football game. Well, in, within that story, I talked to Dan Johnson, the AD at Hopkins, um, who's always had his finger on the pulse pretty well of the football scene. He said that, and I'm reading from the story, and this is, again, two, this is 10 years ago. Johnson said in most suburban school districts, athletics is 1% to 1.5% of the overall budget. So I'm, here, I'm wondering, I'm interested to see how the money that is being asked by the league, how that affects that budget. But it doesn't sound like we're starting at a high number uh, unless these, unless these uh, budget numbers have changed significantly in the last decade, and they may very well have. But, uh, but maybe it can be done uh, without too much hand-wringing at, at most places. But we're going to find out, as you said. We're going to find out because, you know, you're, if you're the high school league now, you've opened yourself up to even more scrutiny from member schools, who, some of whom have friends in the, in the legislative offices. It'll be very interesting to see how vocal the folks that are not happy uh, become and what, well, how that might walk back some of what the high school league is, is asking for. Do you think the large metro schools are in a better place, better position, to make these sorts of payments than maybe a, uh, a school somewhere in central Minnesota or up on the higher range? Even though the, the fees that they're asking for are graduated according to school size, um, sometimes your smaller schools are, are, are playing things a little bit more uh, with, with a, a tight, you know, they're right on the edge. I know you have your large suburban schools that have a lot of people and can spread costs out over, over more people and more things. Um, does it look to you in any way that the larger suburban schools, even though they're on the hook for a much larger bill, are uh, in a better place to make these sorts of payments? I would think they have more options, certainly, I would think. But, but you know, maybe not all of them do. I mean, again, going back to football, a few years ago, uh, what was it, Coon Rapids, Armstrong, I believe, was another one of them. Mm -hmm. That group of schools, I mean, Forest Lake was in there, that all said, and even Hopkins said, you know what, we're not a good competitive fit at 6A um, or, or within this particular district we're in. we got to get a, a better fit for ourselves. Now, it, it, the, the lack of success on the football field isn't tied directly to your financial status, but I do believe it's, it's an indicator. And so, you know, those are all large suburban schools that have struggled to compete. Maybe some of that struggle comes from not having the deepest pocketed booster club or, you know, other, other, other issues that may be unique to those districts, those situations. So I think most might be in good shape to absorb this, but I'll bet you there's some that aren't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the high school does if they have to, you know, adjust some of these fees, if they have to allow, they allow schools to declare some sort of hardship, anything along those sorts of lines. Because let's not forget, this is a budget for, the operating budget for this school year. Um, they're still going to <laughs> have to impose somewhat similar fees next year and year in and year out, which are going to force school budgets and athletic directors to uh, account for that as we go down the road. Now, maybe it'll be easier for them to, to budget their, their funding um, in that regards, knowing what's coming. I mean, maybe they'll have to put something off. Maybe that artificial turf field may have to be put off for a couple of years to afford this sort of thing. Oh, that's a good point. 
it's 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 going to take a lot more long-term planning a lot a lot more um analysis of the budget and where that funding is going to account for this because uh, these fees aren't going anywhere they're going to be there for this season and next season and the following season um and i'm and i again i i want to say that i am not um taking the high school to task so much on this because i realized that their hands are tied they didn't um their their revenue is stagnant you know they're losing what 75 percent of the revenue um, this year they're projecting down from last year that's a huge budget hit that you have to try to make up um, yeah it's true makes me wonder if there would have been a way to soften the blow a little bit better than sending out letters that a lot of schools didn't anticipate where you can look at the bottom line and say oh, are you kidding me where is <laughs> coming from so and, and i probably would myself so you know hopefully we'll find they'll find a way to rationalize and to maybe discuss this with schools and to come to some sort of middle ground but right now it's it's an eye-opener well jim i'm not so good at managing money but i am good at managing time and we're pretty well out of it do you want to say anything to wrap this up and take us out thanks for joining us and and uh you know if you have any thoughts on what we talked about we'd still as a as a listening to us we'd love to hear from you you know give it give me a call shoot us an email something let me know uh what your thoughts are on, on these issues and, and we'd like to hear your thoughts so thanks for joining us